Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to the NFL Trend Zone. I'm your host, Austin Baker. Tonight we got Wes Johnson in California, Cody Spears in Texas. And last week we went over AFC division winners and prognostications for wildcard teams. So the whole AFC playoff bunch. Tonight we're going to do the NFC. And the next week we'll dive into some ESPN football uh, power index items, things that surprise us from that list. But this week it's all about the NFC. The three of us are going to talk about it for about 45, 60 minutes. We shall see what how, how long that lasts. BetOnline.ag is our sponsor, and it is your number one source for all of your basketball information, stats, news, and scores. Get the latest odds and lines, including latest player reports for this year's playoffs that are down to the Heat, Celtics, and Nuggets. BetOnline is always your sports information headquarters this season as we got you covered for all of the sports wagering needs you can imagine. Basketball, MLB, NHL hockey, right on down to UFC and boxing. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to get your betting information, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games you can play right from your home. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on this action. Be sure to use the promo code that we provide, Believe, B-L-E-A-V, Believe, B-L-E-A-V, to receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, which is also called free money. Bet online where the game starts. All right, we're waiting for our full panel, but we have Cody who had a week off last week, and he we're gonna go through some of his AFC stuff first because he was muted last week because of his job. But sir, how you doing? I'm doing pretty great. I was totally bummed out to miss out on the AFC division <laughs> predictions, so I'm glad to get a, a second opportunity here. Oh, excellent. Well, we're waiting for Wes to get in the house to do NFC. So why don't you take as much time as you'd like, kind of gauge it when Wes jumps on, go through your AFC. This is this is your your soapbox. Go right ahead. Sweet, for sure. Uh, so last year at this time, I famously predicted the Jacksonville Jaguars to win their division, despite being berated by people who I won't name on this podcast. <laughs> um, but I don't really have any crazy picks like that for the AFC, at least. Um with the AFC East, I do have Miami taking that and the Jets ahead of Buffalo, which is probably my craziest take. Um, and then I, I got the New England Patriots. They're way below that. But also at the same time, while I'm not expecting them to make playoffs, with Bill O'Brien being there in New England, I am mm-hmm. expecting Mac Jones to take a step up from, you know, everybody has some consist- consistency. Uh, everybody has some consensus at – you know, that 28 to 31 range. I think under Bill O'Brien, he's definitely going to show everybody he he does belong with the Patriots. He's a great fit for that offense. Ramondre Stevenson's going to take a leap. Um, but, I mean, the AFC East is loaded. A lot of people are going to look at the AFC West as also loaded. I got the Raiders not even sniffing the playoffs, so nowhere near it. Um, and then the AFC North. To me, this is a division, as I'm sitting here trying to rank them, all four of these teams in some crazy universe could have a chance at these playoffs, kind of like the NFC East last year. You got Cincinnati returning Joe Burrow. They haven't, they, they've only made steps forward. I think this is mm-hmm. uh, Kansas City's true threat to a second Super Bowl resides in the AFC with them in Cincinnati. Then you got Baltimore. I think Lamar Jackson's going to take a step forward. We saw reports come out today 
their new offensive coordinator, Todd Monken, talking about how if you need to make changes at the line, do it. If you need to, if if you need to uh check into a different protection, do that. He's giving them full control. This is his offense. This is Lamar's offense, something that's actually like really never been done before. It's always been Greg Roman. I think that Baltimore, if their defense can just keep it together and they could retain some health, they're for sure a lock as well. Pittsburgh, I think, I mean, if you really actually just think about it, it's crazy. Pittsburgh has been even relevant the past couple <laughs> years. Based on the hype around the Steelers, you would think that this is a team who has been around six wins or less for the past couple years. I think Kenny Pickett's going to take a huge jump. They've invested into this team in the trenches on both sides of the ball. Always expect that defense to to be pretty decent, and Mike Tomlin will lead this team to at least around 500. And if a few things could go their way, like a development from Kenny Pickett, like stabilizing that offensive line, I think that Pittsburgh could truly be a wild card lock. And then you got Cleveland. Cleveland is all over the board for a lot of people. Me, I am really convinced that their defense is going to get it together and their passing game is going to take another step. I think that they're going to operate a little bit faster as an offense and maybe make this less so Nick Chubb's team and more Deshaun Watson's. I think that they could have one of probably a top five passing attack in the league. They have the makings of a great line. They have the makings of a good pass defense um, with their defensive line and the guys that they have in their secondary. I mean, everything's setting up for Cleveland to really surprise some people this year. And uh, so, yeah, I got Cincinnati, Baltimore's locks for the playoffs this year. Pittsburgh is a wild card possibility. Cleveland is a slight wild card possibility. And then we're going to go to the AFC West. I got Kansas City. Of course, they're going to take it. They might win the whole Super Bowl again. Mm-hmm. And then I got, it's kind of a toss up for me between the Chargers and Denver. And that's just how much respect I have for Sean Payton, which is crazy um, <laughs> considering what we saw from Russell Wilson and the Broncos last year. Um, I really do think that with their defense being probably the best in the league, if Sean Payton can just get mediocre offense out of Russell Wilson, who at this time last year is being touted as a first ballot Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. And if if they could just get that just fifteenth best in the league, Denver should have a spot in the playoffs without a doubt. To put them ahead of the Chargers was a little tough for me because of Justin Herbert. They're returning a lot of pieces. Everybody's grading the Chargers offseason as like a, a C or D minus, in my opinion. Uh, you know, championships aren't won in in the summer, so. I think that the fact that the Chargers didn't really get worse, they didn't really get better. They were already a decent team to begin with. And that win that Jacksonville had over Chargers in the playoffs really changed some things here in this in this moment. Mm-hmm. Because if the Chargers would have beaten Jacksonville, they probably, even for me, would be a lock for the playoffs this year. And then you look for everybody else in the AFC South. You got Jacksonville as everybody's division winner. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, it seems like it's consensus. Tennessee is going to suck. Um, Houston, I think, could be sneaky. Uh, I think they will be a competent team this year. I don't think they're going anywhere near the playoffs. Indianapolis is Jacksonville's main threat for that division. If they, did, if they didn't beat the Chargers last year, and if we recall, right before that Chargers-Jacksonville game, 
almost nobody was picking Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Like everybody was picking the Chargers. And that's what I mean by things being different today. If if the Jacksonville didn't pull off that miracle win, we might be talking about who's going to take this division. Is it Jacksonville or is it Indianapolis? Like who is it? So you're telling so that that's why I got Indianapolis kind of nipping at Jacksonville's heels, even though everybody's ready to appoint Jacksonville as a contender here. I I think that Indianapolis does have a chance, and I'm not gonna let one wild card win change that, despite me being Jacksonville's main advocate <laughs> last year. And don't get me wrong, I think Jacksonville made made some really great steps. Uh drafting Tank Bigsby was an underrated move. Um, and they made a couple signings in free agency. And they didn't really lose anybody. And oh, they also got Calvin Ridley, who as good as Christian Kirk was last year, and he was a wide receiver one in fantasy purposes, which means he he was around the wide receiver 11 through 13 range, at least. I think Calvin Ridley is going to do better than him. That offense was missing a deep threat. And as far as Calvin Ridley goes, he's a great deep threat, kind of. Jordan Addison is kind of in the same mold as Calvin Ridley, in my opinion, to where not only can you use him wherever at on the field, but they have those subtle moves in their route running to be able to break free down the field and be open, or whether it's maybe putting out your hands right before the ball gets there, just little things like that. Calvin Ridley's going to unlock that Jacksonville offense. So to wrap it up, I got Miami uh, winning the AFC East, Jacksonville winning the AFC South, Kansas City winning the AFC West. And then I got Cincinnati winning the North with Baltimore also a lock. My four contenders for those last two spots are the Jets, Chargers, Bills, Steelers. I will go with the Chargers and Steelers. On the so uh, that the, gives me two two out of the West, three out of the North, one out of the East, and one out of the South. Ooh, some equity. Uh, the Steelers haven't had a losing season in 20 years. Uh, they also haven't won a playoff game since 2016. They're kind of just in a purgatory <laughs> of always being relevant, but never being a championship contender. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. And the reason I think uh, on, on Jacksonville, is, the reason that they're there for everybody is that comparatively, the divisions, that division is young and up and coming, but it's not like the NFC, AFC, excuse me, AFC North quite yet where every team is good. And then I don't, I don't, barring injury i don't know that there's any way that trevor lawrence could take a step back he just does everything so Mm -hmm. damn well he had what two or three moments last year that were we were all like there it is we knew it would happen he's finally stepping up so i think they're in good hands because they have lawrence and i think that's why they're kind of fashionable wes welcome to the show sir we're just recapping the afc part from cody because he was off last week how are you man um doing all right how about you guys not bad. You are on the clock with the NFC East. Tell us the division winner and if you have a wild card from that division. All right. NFC East. So they are going to be matched up against the NFC West and AFC East from a scheduling standpoint. Uh, I have the Eagles remaining atop of the East. Uh, the King stays the King in this uh, instance. Um they didn't really lose anybody from their team last year, and whoever they did lose, they seemed to have sprouted two heads at whatever position they lost. Um, yeah, and they were from Georgia, too. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the Eagles are going to be a problem uh, for the foreseeable future. 
Um, they just seem to continually stock, um, you know, the depth on their team in the draft with high end prospects. Um, you know, they, they have high end prospects already starting and playing. I, I just don't see uh, a team that's going to unseat the Eagles in, in the East and, and actually in the NFC. I have them as my number one seed again. Uh, following them, I have the Cowboys. I believe the Cowboys uh, will be able to do enough in the division to remain right around the Eagles' heels. Um, with these divisional games, it it's always going to come down to um, who takes care of business outside of the division um, because as we saw last year, the Eagles, they lost to Commanders and to the Giants. Um, they, these teams don't like each other. They know each other. Um, and they're going to beat up on each other. But I, I have the Cowboys coming in right behind the Eagles. Uh, I have them as my fifth seed. And then rounding out uh, the division, the Giants and Commanders. So it's going to be... Uh, the exact same stack as they finished last year. The only uh, caveat, the Giants are not going to make the playoffs this year. And is that because Mr. Jones doesn't quite look the part? Or is that just... No, to no no fault of anybody really their own. It's just the, the way that the rest of the NFC is going to stack up. Um, and then them playing the NFC West and AFC East, I think only two teams will make it out of uh, this division rather than the three last year. Uh, I've got some surprises later on that um, will make the playoffs. Uh, and as I talked about last week, usually a, a 50% swap out of um, teams uh, each year in the playoffs. And I think I had three or four teams out last year, so I need to pick three or four uh, <laughs> tonight that that do not make it or that make it uh, that weren't in it from last year. We're all cognizant of that stat and believe in its legitimacy. So I'm interested to see how how many of our team, the turnover teams, are alike between us. Um, but as a non-starter, there I have the same deal as West does shocking uh, because I just don't find find a way the Eagles could be bad. Even if even if Jalen Hurts tore his ACL on July, blah, blah, blah. I don't think they would be horrible. I think they'd still probably be about nine and eight, 10 and seven because they're structurally sound kind of like the 49ers. Uh, so I have them doing something dastardly like going 13 and four. Um, the only thing I have going for me because I very unabashedly do not like the Eagles is that the Super Bowl runner up curse is usually real. Last year, the Bengals proved it wrong, but usually those teams have a hard time Getting back, the, the the team that loses Super Bowl has a hard time the following year. Um, and then the Cowboys, I have a vendetta against them because they've beaten the Vikings at U.S. Bank Stadium four straight times, and we're just kind of like, oh yeah, that's the way it goes, and it sucks. Uh, but they they are they too have a good roster, not as good as the Eagles. And I think we already know who Des Dak Prescott is. We've talked about him on our show for a long time about. He just kind of gets a a pass, and this dude is entering like year eight, and we're all like. Oh boy, yeah, they got Dak. They're pretty good. Yeah, he's a good quarterback, but he's not elite. Um, but I do think that their record is good enough to ten and seven or something like that because they'll have a hard time getting over the Giants. But uh, just by the luck of the draw, we're starting off at the division where I have two playoff teams repeating. I did not have the Giants; they were a casualty. 
Cody, do you have anything different? Uh, pro- the main, I, I got it just about the same as y'all. The ma- my main difference is I think I'm becoming an Eagles fan on the Yuck. low key on the side. Yuck. I mean, don't get me wrong. I hate the Nick Foles, Carson Wentz Eagles, but man, how can we not like what Jalen Hurts is doing in Philadelphia and Howie Roseman? I think you need to go to a game against the Vikings and then you'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, 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 you're you're probably you're probably right. Um, but no, I got Philadelphia, same same as y'all. I have them taking the whole conference. I got Dallas as a lock behind them. I think Dallas's defense is really gonna step it up after it was already at kind of a crazy awesome level. Um I do have their offense taking a step back. So in my mind, out of all my, my locks I have, Dallas is down there. I have some surprises later on, but um I got Dallas as my last one of my lower locks. And then I got Washington and the Giants also not making it. They definitely both have a chance. I thought um, the hype around Washington's defense is kind of interesting to say the least. Um, it's pretty in high regard. So if Eric Bieniemy gets stuff done in Washington as their offensive coordinator, it's really setting them up for success, having that defense to fall back on. Uh, they could be sneaky. I also have the Giants missing. Um, probably due to some fault on Daniel Jones. He might not be turning it over all the time, but he's also not showing that he can take over a game. He's good against the Vikings, and that got him a fat-ass contract because in two games against the Vikings, he tore them up, and I think that really just showed people, and this guy's the real deal. Uh, we shall see. Uh, I'm going to start with the NFC West. This is where I start to get a little funky. I, I doubt you guys have my funkiness here. Uh, I would like to find a way where the 49ers don't make the postseason just because they are they have the gall to pretty much just start Sam Darnold and hope for the best. But I'm sure it'll work just fine. We all know that they'll do some shit in the middle of October, November, where they're oh, losing games to weird teams. That's what they always do. But then they turn it on right before, right after Thanksgiving and make a run. So I expect them to win the division. But my second place team is the Rams uh, because I trust Sean McVay. Their roster doesn't look very good. But I, I'll trust the coach to make it work, and I know that they're in a transformational year. But my my probably my boldest pick tonight, maybe? There's one other one that won't surprise you guys. It'll make your eyes roll. Uh, I'll say the Rams to finish about 9 and 8, get the 7th seed, and you'll figure out why, why coaching matters because McVay is that damn good. Uh, the Seahawks, I don't think they were fool's gold last year, but I don't know if they can replicate it. And uh, Geno Smith, like we talked about last week, I don't know if you listened afterward, Cody, it was basically Russell Wilson. (laughs) Numbers are just replicated. Russell Wilson played for the Seahawks last year, but his name was Geno Smith. And then the Cardinals are the most fascinating team because if, if they take it easy with Kyler Murray, which is kind of a wink and a nod that we're trying to get the number one and number two overall pick, I think we're going to have one of the most fascinating storylines in February about Kyler Murray going to where I think I really do think the team that got rid of Josh Rosen for Kyler Murray is about to get rid of Kyler Murray for uh, Caleb Williams. And that would involve a trade for Kyler Murray. And and that's not that Kyler Murray is absolutely elite. So that's going to make the talker all juicy is that he's he's moody. You don't even know if he likes football, uh, but he's also pretty damn electric. So I think all of those factors will make the Kyler Murray trade sweepstakes very fascinating uh, because there's always about 10 teams in March that are looking for a new quarterback. Um, But I assume that they're just going to let it roll with David Blau or whoever Colt McCoy or Clayton Toon and intentionally 
try to go about three and 14. And I could all be wrong if my, if Kyler Murray shows back up in October so and is good to go because then they should be pretty decent. Um, but I have 49ers, Rams as a seventh C wild card, Seahawks, and Cardinals missed the postseason. Wes? Uh, I have the 49ers taking uh, the NFC West. Uh, so the NFC West teams, they will play against the NFC East and the AFC North. Um, brutal. That's a brutal matchup. Because of that, I only have the 49ers coming out of this division. I I have the Seahawks uh, coming in second. Um, I have the Cardinals coming in third. Um, I, I think Murray comes back. He plays. Um, this is the NFL. It's not the NBA. Um, <laughs> the, the NFL players, they hate losing. They <laughs> they don't like to tank. Coaches don't like to tank. I mean, it, it, as much as we, the fans, sometimes want that to happen, you you know, tank for tour, or mm-hmm. what have you. Um, it's the complete opposite in the NFL locker rooms. Case in point, last year uh, with the Texans. Uh, Texans, all they had to do was lay down that last game. <laughs> uh, Davis Mills and Lovey Smith said, "Middle finger to management. No, we're gonna we're gonna win this thing." And they went out, won it, and screwed up the number one pick uh, for the Texans. Yeah, um, it cost them a lot of draft capital to get a, to, to yeah. Uh, yeah, to what they they could have been the team trading to the Panthers. Yep. Yeah, that needs to be a 30 for 30 one day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On that locker room and how it all went down. Yeah. And then uh, rounding out the division, I have the Rams, uh, who will be vying for uh worst record in the NFL. Oh, so they'll um, try to get Caleb. I think that one the age on their roster um the lack of talent on their roster is really going to hold them back um coaching or cooper cup or aaron donald regardless like they they are severely depleted of talent a lot of it stemming from um their fuck them picks mentality and Mm -hmm trading away a lot of their future now it's coming to bite them in their ass so uh the niners uh i think they'll be able to navigate whatever um coaching carousel that they might encounter early in the season and you know i mean that that defense will quarterback carousel quarterback yeah okay i was like wait a second (laughs) what do you know that i don't sorry uh that defense will be able to uh keep them afloat for oh, yeah. um, however long it's needed. All right, Cody, that's you for the NFC West. Nice. Uh, NFC West, I got Seattle taking it. Uh, I think Seattle is a team, especially after the draft, packed with potential just as much as San Francisco is. Uh, I got Seattle taking it just because of their, um, while it's going to be a close one in my mind, their QB continuity and the firepower of their offense puts them at San Francisco's level or more. And if their fifth overall pick delivers that corner and they just get um, some help off the edge, especially uh, Bobby Wagner coming back, 
Seattle's defense should be pretty nasty, just like San Francisco's. Um, yeah, so to me, it all depends. Is San Francisco trotting out Sam Darnold? Are they trotting out Trey Lance? Are they trotting out Brock Purdy? I got Geno Smith up there with all of those guys. Um, and these two teams always play each other well. Yeah. I got the Rams in Arizona not even sniffing relevance. I, I know maybe seven players on the Rams, and that's maybe being generous. And this is coming from someone like I pride myself on knowing a lot of these incoming rookies. And I know three people total on that defense. Uh, one of their safeties, Byron Young, a rookie defender on the edge they took out of Tennessee, and Aaron Donald. That's <laughs> that's it and offense isn't much better uh i'd never really thought about them getting caleb williams so y'all brought it up and i can see it happening right now um and then i got arizona dead last in my mind it's arizona versus tennessee for the number one pick the arizona doesn't i think the the coach they hired the gm they hired it's why in my mind they wasted three years on cliff who was the wrong hire just to go make the wrong hire again and now they're going to wait another three years on on jonathan gannon who is not the right guy for this team arizona go back in the dark they're they're not going to be relevant next year on this show maybe not even the year after that <laughs> they should, yeah they should move to oakland <laughs> Yeah, uh, I feel so bad for Arizona fans. They're already the least productive team in the history of the league. Already. They have the worst all-time record. And the, yep. and no championship appearances. I mean. And when they made the, at the time, mind-boggling switch from Josh Rosen, it, it was mind-boggling then because you were like, well, what does this kid have? This is, We still thought he was a you know top-ten quarterback from the draft to Kyler Murray, all it got him was a playoff appearance in which they looked utterly shitty in 2021. I don't know if you remember against the Rams, because they none of the Kingsbury Cardinals, they always looked good in the beginning, and then December hit, and they looked like just a bunch of morons. And that, that was against the Rams, too. And on the Rams, they really did. Wes nailed it. They sold their soul. And none of us thought the comeuppance would happen like a year later. Uh, we, I thought, because they didn't have any draft picks, that the minor league system wouldn't be replenished. And then by about 2025, they'd start to whimper off. But my goodness, this thing slapped them right in the face that but damn it, quick. It was worth it. Do y'all think? Oh yeah. Yeah. It, there's no yeah, doubt about agree. it. Oh yeah. It has to, even be. if they don't recover for the next five seasons, still worth it. Yeah. I mean, unless, mm-hmm. unless you're I'm trying to think of a, a comparable, like, I don't even know if there is a comparable because you never know when your last championship's going to be. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I was trying to think some sort of like Patriots or Chiefs example, uh, but then it wouldn't make sense that they would need to load up. But even if they did, they'd win another one. And yeah, I think although although you'll have the toxic feelings thereafter when you're like, God, um, I don't think anything takes away that glory. And you're, yeah. you're on a show here talking to three dudes who cheer for a team that hasn't won one in 62 seasons. So <laughs> yeah, it should have been of, obvious. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like read your audience type of thing. It's the Eagles have been on a fun kind of roller coaster. That would be fun to go on to where they, they had those toxic feelings you were talking about after the Super Bowl that they've wanted their mm-hmm. entire history. And then they took about a year off, and then here they come roaring back into the Super Bowl. What an exciting time to be a fan. Oh, indeed. Uh, All right, so we are to the NFC South, and I think on paper this would be the most underwhelming division 
maybe the AFC South, but AFC South seeds more up and coming. Um, which which just means that the NFC South is probably gonna be pretty damn good because we're right in the obituary in May. We've learned that lesson the hard way. Oh, uh, let's see, what do I have there? Um, I think it's the Saints because Derek Carr is due to make it to the postseason, and this has them finishing about 10 and 7. I think that'd be good enough, and that that would be better than they did last year, because last year those teams' record were eight and nine, seven and ten, seven and ten, seven and ten from top to bottom. Bucks, Panthers, Saints, Falcons. So it was misery. Down in the south. Um, after that, I don't think the Buccaneers are going to be horrible. I've been telling Vikings fans, anybody who will listen, that just because the Vikings play in week one, they don't have Tom Brady doesn't mean you're getting some shit team. They just don't have Tom Brady. They've got pretty good defense. They got uh, a top, what is it now? Maybe top seven WRWR2 duo in Mike uh, Evans and Chris Godwin. So I think maybe the Bucs sneak in there and finish second, which is going nowhere. And then Panthers, I can't get a drop on. I guess I'll trust Frank Frank Reich to do something worthwhile, put them in third place. And then I haven't figured out. You guys might have a better read on Desmond Ritter, but to me it just seems a little weird that they're they're going with him. Maybe they're also in in the sweepstakes. So I only have one playoff team coming, and that's the Saints, who will get the fourth seed. Wes. All right, this is where the surprises lay. As Sweet. you as you mentioned, uh, this is not an early grave for the NFC South. Uh, they get to match up against the AFC South and the NFC North. Mm-hmm. Um, two divisions with not that great competition. Uh, NFC North, you know, Vikings, Lions probably be vying for uh, that division with the up-and-coming Bears team and a fading Packers team. So um, this one, it, it was interesting to look at, interesting to um, figure out who's going to finish where. Um, I almost went with the Saints at one, uh, but I zagged right at the last minute. I have the Panthers taking uh, this division uh, as the number three seed. Uh, the Niners were the number two seed. Um, the Panthers are the number three seed. They have a young defense, uh, new offense featuring Bryce Young, Adam Thielen, DJ Chark, uh, Miles Sanders. Um, I know we've talked about their defense on the show previously. They, I think they're going to surprise some people this year. Uh, following them, I have the Falcons. They revamped their D in the off offseason. Jesse Bates from Cincinnati comes in at safety. Uh, they got a few defensive line pieces, Calais Campbell, Caden Ellis. Uh, they added Bijan Robinson in the draft. This is a team that wants to run the ball. Uh, they already had uh, a thousand yard rusher in last year's rookie, Tyler Algier. Now they're adding Bijan Robinson along with them. They are going to pound the rock, uh, pound it on teams. And then they have, you know, a young quarterback in Ritter who, you know, we'll see what, what he brings to the table, but he's got some weapons as well to, to throw the ball to uh, when needed. So I, I think they're going to play a ground control game, lean on their defense. Uh, it, it is, uh, it does have a lot of new pieces, but at the same time, I, I think that um, they will be able to do enough to remain scrappy. I have them as my seventh seed. 
uh, following right behind them. I do have the Saints, and then I have the Bucks bringing up uh, the bottom of the division. Um, yes, they they lost Tom Brady. Uh, they are an aging team. Um, they had problems outside of Brady that I don't know if they necessarily addressed in the offseason. And I, I think it's it's time for them to regress for a year or so to uh you know revamp and and get back in the thing. So you have the Panthers and the Falcons in the postseason, is that correct? Yep. Panthers oh and Falcons. Yeah, you're gonna have to comb the internet throughout the summer to see if anybody agrees with that because that that is a juicy hot take. You're gonna have to post that on Twitter too, because eventually, uh, because that that is dangling your nuts out there. I like it. Mm-hmm. Cody NFC South. Well, he doesn't have to search far because I also have Atlanta and <laughs> Carolina. You're, you're dangling the, the nuts as well. <laughs> uh, just in a different order. I got Atlanta taking oh, the division right. and Carolina right behind them. Uh, for a lot of the same great points that West made, I think New Orleans is fool's gold. Uh, Derek Carr is going to convince a lot of people that, that maybe you can rely on this Saints team. Maybe he is some form of Mr. Consistent. Uh, if you're betting on a uh, the 15th, 16th best quarterback in the league, the new Andy Dalton level. If you're betting on him to raise this team to the playoffs, uh, that's that's a bad bet in my book. Um, their their defense is aging out. Um, they did add a little bit of new talent on that, but nothing nothing to sell me. Um, I think their their offense is due for a step back. This is a team that we're a couple weeks into September. Could be looking at them without Alvin Kamara, without Michael Thomas. Chris Olave could be the same as his rookie year, which would honestly be a little disappointing because you'd really need him to step up in that role. Um, To me, the Saints could take a step back despite having the easiest schedule in the league, um, according to consensus. I got Atlanta at at the top because I think that their defense is going to be pretty good. If Atlanta's defense is top 12, I'm not batting an eye. I, I I would believe that they've added enough pieces to complement a lot of the good pieces they already have, um, like Jesse Bates and some of the other guys Wes mentioned. Um, but their offense is really also set up to help their defense, and that's one thing I really like about this team. Is I, I love those teams that have the really good run game combo and the good tempo to help their defense play better by being more rested. Atlanta set up perfectly to do that. Desmond Ritter is the is an awesome complimentary quarterback who I believe will get elevated because of Kyle Pitts and Drake London. Both of these guys, I think, are going to break out like they haven't yet so far in their career. Um, and then you've got Bijan joining a thousand yard back in Tyler Algier. I mean, there's this offense has to take a step forward. Their offensive line is great now um, at pretty much every position. They're pretty good. And then with Carolina, I think Bryce Young is going to acclimate pretty quickly. Miles Sanders is super underrated. Um, he, he was a top five running back last year and not talk, that's not talked about enough. And that's with him being capsized by Jalen Hurts' 13 rushing touchdowns. If you were to divvy those 13 rushing opportunities up in that Eagles offense, he could have had way more than 11 touchdowns. Uh, and there's already talk in Carolina of him being a three-down back. If he's able to take some of the heat off of Bryce Young, I think the weapons that they have in Carolina are going to be just fine. And Hayden Hurst and Adam Thielen and um, DJ Chark and Jonathan Mingo. 
their defense is also young and up and coming. They have JC Horn, who was quietly a top five, top six corner in the league last year before he got hurt. If he's able to stay healthy, they got an awesome second quarter. They got great studs all over that defense. And Tampa Bay, I mean, I'm not even sure that rests in Baker Mayfield's hands. This might be their their savior at this point would be Kyle Trask stepping out of the shadows of Tom Brady and proving he's a top 16 quarterback because that's all this team really needs. Um, if they're able to get middling play, they're talented enough to make a push. I don't think they're going to get middling play from Baker Mayfield or uh, Kyle Trask. So unfortunately for Tampa, they have no chance. And then um, I'll go ahead, or Wes, if you want to go ahead and do the a- the NFC North. Yeah, so for the NFC North, uh, they match up against the AFC West and the NFC South. Um, the West, AFC West is pretty stacked with uh, teams that, you know, are going to push the envelope. Uh, so I I don't see um, I don't see as much parity in this division as we had last year. I think it's going to finish pretty close. Um, I do have the Vikings taking uh, the division as the four seed. Um, they've added some younger pieces on defense. Uh, and they added Brian Flores. Uh, defense was their catalyst last year. Um, I think the addition of Flores will rejuvenate the defense and keep um, the Vikings in games uh, more so than um, last year. Uh, last year, they they had, I think, 13 or 14 one-score games, which is close in its own, own right. But I, I do believe... Um, the games where it's a more competitive matchup, having Flores in, um, or on the sideline will will help uh, against those higher end elite teams. Uh, the offense got better with the addition of Jordan Addison. He adds another uh, dynam- dynamic weapon opposite Justin Jefferson um, to. Uh, Surplant Adam Thielen's departure. Um, so a, a lot of it for the Vikings is going to hinge on how uh, how well and how quickly Flores can turn around the defense. But I think that with the pieces they have and the pieces that they retain, uh, they should be able to um, move the needle from uh, bottom end of the league uh, towards the middle of the league, which I, I think will be. Uh, good enough for them to uh, come out of the North again. Uh, following them, I have the Detroit Lions as the sixth seed. Um, they drafted well. They drafted oddly, but if, if you uh, readjust the players that they drafted into different slots, it it makes sense. <laughs> um, they've added to their defense, uh, particularly their secondary, uh, Cam Sutton, uh, Manuel Mosley, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, uh, which was uh, one of their uh, downfalls last year. Um, and it's going to be another year with this offense. Uh, they move on from um, – help me out here. <laughs> uh, 
at running back. Yeah, they, Swift. Yeah, there you go. They move on from Swift, bring in uh, Jameer Gibbs. Um, I don't think they necessarily lose a step there. Uh, they're going to be a, an exciting team, much like they were last year. Uh, I don't think we'll have the um, slugfest shootouts that we had with uh, Lions games last year. It'll probably be a little more dialed in um, as they mature into um, you know a, a better team. Um, they very well could, you know, take the division from the Vikings, but I, I think um, the Vikings will hold them off for at least another year here. Uh, following them, I have the the Bears, followed by the Packers, bringing up the end of the division. All right, I got the uh, NFC North here, <clears throat> and so I'll, I'll start off by saying, and I think <clears throat> hopefully listeners know this: if the Vikings were not any good or they looked blah, mundane on paper, I would say it. I would come out and say this team isn't going places. I'm not an eternalist that thinks the Vikings are always good. Uh, in 2015, I actually didn't think they'd be very good. And then they won the division and had one of their better teams in the last decade. Uh, so I was wrong there. <clears throat> but I, uh, I'm i not going at this with purple goggles and thinking, rah, rah, the Vikings are always going to win the division because that's not always the case. <clears throat> and then the West talked about the moves that they, they made. Some of the guys they subtracted. Age-wise, contract-wise, Adam Thielen, Eric Kendricks, Dalvin Tomlinson, who got a huge contract in Cleveland, probably Dalvin Cook. I'm glad they made all those moves. It's not like, how how are we going to survive without these guys? That's not the way it feels to me at all. I'm glad that they said, all right, well, we're going to use the guys we drafted. These guys are affordable. They're hungry. They're fast. They're mean. And by the way, we got Brian Flores. So I am elated that they finally got rid of bloated contracts. That's part of the shebang when you sign up for an analytics general manager who comes from Wall Street is that you figure out ways to be leaner on paper, especially financially. So I'm glad that that happened. And I, one of the talkers on the Vikings, unsurprisingly, I'm picking them here to win the division at about 11 and 6. But I've never understood for about three months now is even though they went to 13 and 4 and they had the underwater point differential, I'm told that they got lucky. And the only game that I watched where I was like, this shit is some luck was the Bills game. In the Saints game, I'm told because Will Lutz's field goal banged against the upright that that was luck. No, if the guy would have made it. That would have been two back-to-back 60-yarders. That would have been luck. And then the rest of the close games, I'm not finding a bunch of luck. Cameron Dantzler sh- took a ball away from Mir Smith-Marset. It was like a fumble. Shit happens. Uh, so, yes, they won a lot of close games, but using the term luck was really weird, especially because last summer when Kwesi Dafamensa came in the room, he said, we're going to be situational masters. He looked at what happened last year in 2021 at that point, and they lost all these games because the defense looked like assholes in the final four minutes of halves. And they focused on that and bought a bing. They fixed it. And so they finished 13 and four because they became situational masters. And the only game that got really lucky was against the Bills. And that happened to be the game that everybody remembers because it was one of the most entertaining games of all time. So I have the Vikings probably about 11 and six. I got to see how the summer goes and maybe notch down to 10 and seven. Uh, But my other surprise is the Packers. I don't think they're dead. Uh, I guess I'm probably scarred from 31 years of back-to-back Hall of Fame careers and Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers that I just suspect Jordan Love's probably going to be at least damn good, maybe not a Hall of Famer. And I don't think that their team looks that much different than last year. They damn near made the postseason last year with Aaron Rodgers looking buffoonish. And so I think that in some degrees, Jordan Love could be an upgrade to the way Rodgers played last year. They don't have a mind-boggling six-game lose streak or whatever happened. 
Then I have the Lions at three, and I don't think the Lions are bad. I just don't understand that based on one game in week 18, why everybody thinks that they're going to win the NFC North. They Even when they got good last year, if you play around with the EPA per play Ben Baldwin's uh, website, their defense never really got good between weeks 12 and 18. It's always ranking about 26 in the league for defense as well. And they have the same coordinator. And they finished, they started the season one and six. Why doesn't that matter? Who's to say it won't happen again? Uh, so at any time I look at Jared Goff at QB1, I'm like, yeah, that's okay. It reminds me of Ryan Tannehill. They, they could be good, but I'm just not convinced that they're like the almighty in the division. And then on the Bears, I applaud them for not bungling the first overall pick that was gift wrapped to them by Lovey Smith and the Minnesota Vikings. He did exactly what he should do. He flipped it for a bunch of good shit, a bunch of draft capital. They finally have about six wide receivers who are pretty good. But uh, like I think I told Jonathan, who was on a few weeks ago, they actually have to go play games now. And I don't know that that is good enough to plop them in the postseason. I think them going six and 10 or uh, six and 11 or seven and 10 would be a great season for Chicago because it would show Fields is taking his next steps. So I have Vikings, Packers, Lions, and Bears. And I believe the Vikings and Packers will make the postseason. My playoff teams are Eagles, one seed, 49ers. Vikings, Saints, Cowboys, Packers, and the Rams shocking the world with that shitty roster and getting in the dance. Cody, take us off air with the NFC North. Well, you actually, mine is the exact same as yours for a lot of the same reasons. I think Jordan Love is going to surprise a lot of people. I think Jordan Love is a good quarterback. He's going to be a good quarterback, prove a lot of people wrong. I think Chicago's, um, I think they're about, if anything, they're about where Detroit was last year, maybe. Mm-hmm. So that's good. And then, and then, and then so they're my fourth. And with Detroit, same, same point you made. Everybody forgets they're one and six. <laughs> so uh, I think they're not that far removed from being irrelevant. But I did want to discuss uh, in regards to, to what you sent us before the show, just one thing. Um, I broke down, if you could please tell us what exactly it was that you sent us. The FBI, the Football Power Index. Yes, the Football Power Index. So yeah, that's breaking that's, it down like you- each year, ESPN puts out basically their scientific power rankings mm-hmm. that adjudicates a bunch of shit, roster strength of schedule, and formulates a not just some guy writing his power rankings like I could tonight if I felt like it. It's by, allegedly by the numbers. Um, it, I mean, it's not like a gospel or it doesn't predict yeah, who's like for a sure. model. Yeah, it's a model. Um, so I decided a few things on it. Um, you got uh, Mahomes and Reed are so powerful in Kansas City that their offense was rated a 6.7 in determining how many wins it gets them against an average team, <laughs> which is twice that of Cincinnati's. Twice. Man. Cincinnati's at 3.0. That is insane to me because whenever you really break it down, you don't really feel like Cincinnati and Kansas City are that much different. Mm-mm which really goes to show you how powerful Mahomes and Andy <laughs> Reid is. It's insane because mm-hmm. Joe Burrow is – he's great. I yep. mean, he's fantastic. Mahomes is that much better. And then um, another thing that I took note of was uh, yin-yang teams, and there's three of them that really stuck out to me. So maybe they're, they're these three teams specifically – are not great on offense, but they're really good on defense on this chart. We've got Washington with their 28th-ranked offense, and their defense was third. You got New England Patriots. Their offense is 22nd. Defense is fourth. And then you got Denver. Their offense is 21st. Their defense is second. 
out of th- those three teams, the Washington, New England Patriots, and Denver, which one do y'all do both each of you think has the best chance of really turning their offense around and making some noise this next season? Because we didn't pick any of those three teams to make the playoffs. And Sam again, they could get their deep uh, Washington, New England Patriots and Denver. All three made substantial investments into not only their coaching, but their offensive roster. So their defenses are fired up, ready to go right now. One of these three teams could really make some noise this next year. Nobody sees it coming. Mm. So oh, Washington, yeah. Patriots, and Denver. Well, for damn sure isn't Washington. Um, in New England, I say can. we we leave that as a cliffhanger for next <laughs> yeah. next week when, got, we, when we delve into this. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna say this on Denver in case I forget it, and then I'll reiterate it for Jason. Um, the only time in Sean Payton's career, I know we had Drew Brees the entire effing time that his team was not good. They were seven and nine three straight years when their defense was abysmal. And so now you're you're handpicking, gift wrapping a good defense on paper to Sean Payton and a what we think is probably Hall of Fame quarterback in Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. So I think the clearest path to a turnaround, if we believe in Sean Payton's legitimacy, is the Broncos. Now there's a chance that we're chilling here in seven months talking about God, it was breezed the whole time. And then yep. that wouldn't that wouldn't be mind-boggling. Uh, but I really think it's the it's the Broncos because they've suffered far too long. Jason always bemoans making a deal with the devil that Elway had to have done <laughs> because they have they've been in, in this purgatory and mostly bad part of purgatory since 2016. They haven't reached the postseason. They never get a winning record. Last year when they started three and zero against shitty teams, Jason was like, "Well, it's probably fool's gold because we never do this," and he was correct. Everything tumbled, or that was 2021. Excuse me. Hmm. All right, so nice. indeed, yeah. indeed, an FBI yeah. cliffhanger. Uh, next yeah. week, we'll go through and we'll go. Uh, Cody will lift up more stuff for us, talking about the Chiefs' absolute mastery of FPI and everything else. And then Jason will be back hopefully to review the FPI. Gentlemen, a wonderful show on the NFC, and we shall see you in one week. Oh, yeah. Later. Later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.